So on today's episode about queer affirmative therapy, we talk about the kind of mental health issues people from the LGBTQ community deal with, the role affirmations play in this kind of therapy and why they are important, and what is the difference between a queer friendly and a queer affirmative therapist. We also talk about how people from the LGBTQ community uh, can come out to their parents. So this episode is in conversation with Shania Boyce, who is a queer affirmative therapist. So without further ado, let's get right into it. So in today's episode where we talk about queer and mental health, Shania, my first question to you is what is queer affirmative therapy and what kind of problems does it address? So queer affirmative therapy is basically a therapeutic practice that takes a positive view of the LGBTQIA plus community, their identities, and their relationships on a whole. Um, So it primarily addresses the impact of transphobia and homophobia, or what is now better called as homonegativity, for clients belonging to the queer community. And it also addresses the heteronormative world we live in and basically how to navigate through it. Mm -hmm. Right, and uh, what kind of problems does it address, did you say? Um, I said it addresses uh, transphobia, homophobia, also known as homonegativity now, better known. Mm. And basically just the world we live in is so heteronormative that only if you're heterosexual are you normal, right? Quote, unquote. So um, understanding that and learning how to navigate through those biases and stigmas is what queer affirmative therapy definitely helps with and also helping the individual going through the process to Mm -hmm. accept themselves as who they are and understand that it's not a phase, it's not a choice, it's just who they are. Right. Okay, Um, what kind of mental health problems do people from the LGBTQ community deal with? Like, uh, is it different uh, as compared to people not from the community? So, um, no, Uh, it's not different, but I would definitely say that people in the LGBT community definitely experience mental health issues at higher rates on an overall basis. Like um, most recent studies have depression most than PTSD. And then also some of them have anxiety disorders. So, and also additionally to that, um, 40% of transgender individuals have attempted suicide in their life because of the constant stigma, because of the marginalization, because of the making them feel like they're weird or they're different or they're not good enough. Um, it it anyway takes an individual who is cishet. Mm-hmm. Some people struggle with their identity and acceptance and self-worth. And then when you are different from the norm, mm-hmm. it's even tougher, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to be able to live as we identify and be loved as we are. So struggles with gender dysphoria, uh, body dysmorphia, not not being uh, quote unquote normal or good enough or weird or different. It causes struggles with low self-worth and self-esteem. So there has been a lot of research on identity. These findings have shown that um, when we're ex- able to accept our identity, we feel whole and secure. And that is what most individuals belonging to this community face and struggle with. Right. So, Shania, in what ways does queer affirmative therapy help those who seek it? Like, as compared to, uh, th- like, normal therapy? Okay, so, um, it, 
this is very important especially in a country like india because therapy basically offers a safe space of trust and safety where an individual can be their true selves and not have to feel as if they're being judged right mm-hmm. in india the queer community is still largely hidden and people who identify as queer are unable to be out in the open due to the stigma and the fear of rejection right mm-hmm. so it's very important it's vital that we as counselors and queer affirmative therapists are able to offer them that space um to ensure that their mental health is taken care of and they don't feel rejected or judged in that atmosphere mm-hmm. so um it basically helps in a way to make them feel included make them feel accepted and make mm-hmm. them accept themselves because there's something called internalized homophobia homonegativity which mm-hmm. is basically where the individual internalizes it to such an extent that they themselves don't want to accept themselves for who they are right yeah. so it definitely helps with these things so you spoke about how they're not very comfortable speaking to a lot of people so do you think the therapist that they're seeing is mm-hmm. it necessary for the therapist also to be a part of the community so um a lot of times people ask does the tell th- the queer formative therapist have to be queer mm-hmm. absolutely not right uh, mm-hmm. i understand how they may feel like this is a uh, necessary and it's a norm but it's really not for example mm-hmm. i'm not queer i'm a cis het female and mm-hmm. i feel that i can provide the same atmosphere of inclusivity and empathy mm-hmm. um as a therapist on the spectrum probably would so i don't think it um basically i think it solely depends on the kind of human being the therapist is and the skill set they possess not what their sexual orientation or gender is mm-hmm. right uh, i mean so, so to be honest i always felt that you need to be a queer to uh, you know I understand. That's actually a common misconception because they feel like um only if you are queer can you understand one, right? But yeah. yes, for example, um in that case every therapist should in that case be uh have faced a particular difficulty in life or trauma in life to become a therapist, to become the empathetic and you know non-judgmental and hold an inclusive space. whereas some therapists do not have have not gone through trauma and they do not kind of have that experience on a personal front but they still are great therapists now for mm-hmm. example i'm trauma informed and queer affirmative i have gone through trauma in my life mm-hmm. but i i'm not queer but i can still provide that space right so i mean i i generally always thought um, like obviously all of what you said that's correct mm-hmm. but i always thought that um in india especially like we most of us i i i think like more than 70% of us come from households where you know they aren't very okay with the idea of the lgbtq community they don't think right. it's normal and uh, i don't blame them i'm not saying mm-hmm. they come from a completely different generation so yeah. i feel like if your uh, parents are like this you mm-hmm. somewhat are raised like this like i know you can always break the cycle mm-hmm. but uh, you sometimes do have that uh, you know this bias uh, or prejudice against that community and so that's why I, i always felt that you need to be a queer to queer therapist like to treat queer clients because i like in india i just feel like you're always going to have that prejudice because you're brought up like this but then again i mean you don't become a counseling psychologist if you have prejudice but 
that's what yeah. I always No, thought. but I get what you're saying. I understand you're saying because a lot of people do have bias and a lot of people do have um, stigma against this community. But also it's different people raised differently, right? Some families, for example, may be very open towards addressing such issues, may be very welcoming if they find out that their child is this way. It's rare in India. It's very rare and it's very difficult, but it's not impossible. Like I do have yeah. cases where the parents actually come to therapy as well to want to understand more to help their child in any way they can to feel included and feel okay mm. with themselves. So um, I understand that that's a majority of it, but it's not the norm, no. Fair enough. All right, so what role do affirmations play in this kind of therapy and why are they important? So, um, Affirmation forms a very important part of queer affirmative therapy, where basically the role of the therapist is to affirm the experiences of their clients. So a lot of times therapists um, are seen as, oh, you know, I'll prescribe them a cure or I'll push them towards a particular direction or I'll explain to them it's just a phase or it's just a choice and they can choose not to be this way. They talk about conversion therapy and even to the point of ridiculous things like going to babas and you know trying to figure out what is wrong yeah. with them so um it's very important at that point of time for you to understand what school of thought your therapist comes from if you hear any of this from your therapist run because clearly they're not for you <laughs> right right so reinforcing that you are valid and what you feel is valid and who you are is valid majorly impacts the clients self-esteem positively and helps build a higher self-concept and worthiness within them. So that's what affirmation definitely helps with. All right, so uh, the last question, how can we as cisgender individuals be respectful to the LGBTQ community and become allies? Okay, so um, you can be genuine and curious about someone's life without being invasive. So ask open-ended questions, take the person's lead on which language terms to use. If you're unsure, ask directly. Um, I think it's very necessary for you to ask people about their preferred pronouns and use them. Um, ask them their name or what they'd like to be called because um, um, it's very important, I feel, to normalize asking pronouns like, you know, how old are you? What are your pronouns? How how old are you is such an obvious or, you know, mm -hmm. automatic question. And the response is automatic without even thinking unless you're like, oh, you shouldn't ask me your age and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. um, overall, just what are your pronouns? Because it's being respectful towards the individuality of the person. So mm -hmm. and also one very important thing is um, it's important to show that we respect their choice, even though we may not understand it completely, yeah. right? Because um, it's it's important to educate yourself on on how to be a good ally, and um, acknowledge if you if you say, for example, that you know you've unintentionally said something hurtful because any this this is a very sensitive and personal topic because it's been so stigmatized. So mm -hmm. if you unintentionally have said something that that person's gotten hurt by, apologize, acknowledge that you're still in the process of learning the right terms and that you didn't mean to any disrespect. And I feel like you spoke about pronouns. Mm -hmm. In this country, everything is made a joke. Like now 
you'll just see anyone's uh, bio they'll make a joke out of even the pronouns hmm. i have seen people put see so like why oh, wow. like these people don't know where to draw the line between you know cracking jokes and respecting someone i think hmm. it's because you know they probably don't experience anything like that themselves when they do they probably realize it that they are this is that there's a problem just continue you know, till you don't face some problem yourself you don't realize that a problem really exists yeah absolutely it 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 takes one to know one honestly one. and um, we don't understand the kind of privilege we go through being a cis het female for me for example because when you come out into the society as queer you lose power you lose privilege you are looked at automatically as someone who is different we don't understand what a privilege it is to be so called straight right yeah. yeah and and those who do identify on the queer spectrum need to be given that respect to be themselves and not kind of but it's quite ridiculous i've never heard this seesaw thing but it sounds absurd and i'm i'm shocked that people actually do that that just yeah. shows how insensitive people are but it's anything they'll put anything like anything that can be broken into two words you'll hmm. find it in someone's well, these teenagers bios instagram bio like i i honestly uh, i i don't know what to say and then they make a joke out of it like you know yeah i, I don't understand these people honestly but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. this is the world we live in unfortunately but i'm glad that people like you are kind of helping spread more awareness and having experts to come on and speak about these things so that people just overall get more aware because yeah. even in the queer spectrum like there's so many terms right there's um there's gender fluid there's non binary there's um the difference between gender sexuality and uh sex mm-hmm. which is often interchanged and basically to answer your last question like you need to know the difference between all these terms and educate yourself about all these terms so that you don't use them interchangeably and you do not offend someone yeah that's right uh, also one more question that i'd like to ask and i get mm-hmm. this a lot from friends and just people in my dms so yeah which is how do i come out to my parents or how do how does someone i know come out mm-hmm. to their parents if they are gay by trans uh, like basically all that so i get this a okay. lot so how, how would you answer that um so the journey of coming out is a journey on its own um there's no one way of coming out first of all you kind of need to accept yourself for who you are you need to understand that this is who you are and be okay with it um then even if you're not and you're still on the journey you need social support if your parents which are often the ones who take take it the hardest because they victimize themselves like you know oh my god where did my upbringing go wrong that my child turned out to be queer you know these are the kind of things you hear and it's it's important to, for them to understand that it's not about the parents it's not about the people around them it's only about themselves and um they need to be ready and comfortable with coming out and telling people about themselves mm-hmm. um so they shouldn't be pushed it's like um a baby who's learning to walk if you just make them stand up and push them in front and be like okay walk it's going to fall right yeah. so unless that baby is ready on its own two feet to be able to stand up and walk similarly baby queers 
which is the initial phases of understanding your queer and dealing with that, um, they need to be ready at their time without anyone pushing them, without anyone telling them, oh, do it, do it, just get it over with. You know, that's too much pressure anyway. Mm-hmm. So coming out needs to be a decision of your own. You need to have some amount of social support, either friends or siblings or extended family or, you know, anyone um, to kind of be there with you. Sometimes people even uh, have therapists in their sessions while coming out to their parents because it's so daunting. Mm -hmm. So um, it really differs with different people. But I think the primary thing is for you to really be accepting of who you are and be okay with it and be like, you know what, this is who I am. And I hope my parents uh, get me for who I am and accept me for who I am because this is me. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, so that was it. Uh, quite a good episode. I think I learned a lot because I genuinely did not know anything uh, about whatever you spoke today. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for being with us, Shania. No, and... not at all. It was my pleasure. Um, people can be more educated and more edu- aware and more empathetic about the people around them and understanding that everyone's journey is individual and different and should not be judged, just respected.